Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by author of the Sales Development Playbook, CEO of The Bridge Group, and Inside Sales Evangelist, Trish Petruzzi. And Trish and I are going to be talking all about building trust within the world of sales. We're going to start by talking about the traits required to be effective at building trust of customers, the result it will have for you both, what you should look to avoid, and the mistakes people make, and how you can become more effective at building trust in the short and long term. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Trish, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Chris. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. And thank God it is Not Another Sales Podcast. <laughs> I know you're uh, in popular demand, um, having seen some of your videos and, and listened to a number of your content. So I uh, appreciate you sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge on this upcoming episode. It's my pleasure. So Trish, first of all, for, for listeners that are tuning in and, and for some reason aren't familiar with, with who you are, it'd be great to give them a bit of an overview and story really to start with. Sure. So my name is Trish Bertuzzi. I'm the founder and CEO of The Bridge Group. I'm also the author of the Sales Development Playbook. Uh, core competencies were focused and have been for 21 years, I might add on the B2B tech space. And what we do is help keep uh, people, companies, build world-class sales development, inside sales, or customer success organizations. Great. Great. Thank you for that. And I'd love to delve a bit more into that, the book you mentioned there, and obviously the business you run a bit later on in the podcast. Um, sure. But before, we, before uh, that, you know, the reason I wanted to, to get you on today, and you, you mentioned it there, is obviously your expertise and your knowledge. And um, one of the things that, that stuck out to me when I've been listening to you is your approach and your the content in which you, you talk about things, and particularly this element about building and, and growing relationships. And 
when it comes to, for example, account management and sales and dealing with customers that you've already done business with, growing relationships is an important element to that. But one of the key aspects of that is building that trust with your customer. And I think sometimes people can get lost thinking, oh, I, people just need to like me. I mean, people liking you is a, is a nice to have, but the foundation for anything really is, is that trust element. So with that in mind, what do you think are some of the traits you believe are needed to build trust with your, with your customer and grow those relationships? So I think the first element is that you have to understand that your mission is to help your customer build a better business. Your mission is not the end game of just getting the deal. At the mm. end of the day, you really have to want to help your customer do the things they need to do to be more successful, both on the personal level and on the professional level. So in order to do that, and in order to build that trust, you have to really understand your customer's business. And I think a lot of sellers simply don't take an interest in understanding their customer's business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, adding to that point there as well, I think to be able to do that, it's important to understand your customer's world, not just your own in being able to provide them with insight to be able to build that trust because a lot of people can get so wrapped up from a sales point of view in their own product and their own solution, but it's okay. Well, how much do you understand about your customer's world and where that actually fits in? Because all it's going to come across as if you don't understand that is you don't, you lack a bit of empathy sometimes and you're just trying to sell something to them and they're like, well, okay, how does that fit into my bigger world or how does that solve my bigger challenge as you mentioned, or how does that evolve my business from where it is now to where it needs to be? Yep. Um, so empathy is the new coin of the realm, joined by credibility. So empathy and credibility are the two beautiful twins that everyone in sales has to embrace. What do you think is, is stopping people from doing that at the moment or people not being aware of it? Well, I don't think it's – I don't think people are falling down. I think companies are falling down. Um, I think when we onboard our sales teams, we tend to hook them up to a fire hose and teach them everything about us, our mission, our values, our culture, our solution, our strategy, our numbers. It's us, 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 us. And I think while that's all important information, I think what needs to come before that is a lot of them conversations. So here's the verticals we go after or the industries we go after. Here's what's trending in those industries. How, here's how we're reacting to those trends so that we can help our customers address them. Um, here's your buyer personas. Here's how they're measured. Here's what a day in their life looks like. Here's, how here's their challenges. Here's how they're currently addressing those challenges. Here's how we can help them be more successful. So I think if you do a lot of theming before you do using, you really do prepare your sellers to take the selling field much more effectively. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think also you, you mentioned there about it's not so much down to us humans, it's more down to businesses. I think sometimes within these sales organizations, we can you can lose that human element, which is the fundamental to selling effectively, really, is you know, do you understand? Do you empathize with your customer? Can you educate them and can you empower them? 
like all these all these traits i mean you look at all the great salespeople; it's it's down to their you know technology helps and all these tools but what it comes down to is them as a human being yeah i think so many people overlook that and think that it's all about the product or solution that they're selling sometimes so that yep. that needs to be the thing that builds the trust when it's not it's can this person trust you by you relating to them and understanding them and showing them that you're the right kind of person to help them through their journey yeah that's it let me give you an example so this morning, I got a demo of a technology that I'm looking at, Seamless.ai. And uh, the AE who gave me the demo, his name, uh, I'll keep his name out of this for right now, but <laughs> he did a fantastic job of demoing the product. At the end of the demo, we got to talking about sales. I mean, he, he knows what I do for a living. He's a passionate about sales and his future in sales. And we had a great conversation. Hang up. Within an hour, he had created a personalized video for me that explained a technique he used in a previous company to send personalized videos at scale and how he embedded them in his strategy for acquiring new customers. That was empathy mm. that established credibility that is a salesman of the future and what was what was your initial first impression when you got that through from from seeing that from seeing the video yeah or well when you first sent me the video i was like okay so this is interesting because i'm a firm believer in using video in your sales process to recap mm -hmm. a conversation or to re-articulate something that maybe you didn't feel like you explained well or whatever the case may be. Because video is self-serve. So it's very, very convenient for your buyers to absorb information when it's convenient for them and on their time. So I thought it was just going to be more information about the product or the sales process I was in with them. In actuality, he was just sharing a best practice that he had found worked for him that he thought I might find interesting. So he took time out of his day. He shared information he didn't have to share to do exactly what I'm trying to articulate in our conversation to help me build a better business. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's a great, great example there, isn't it, of, of showing that insight and, as you mentioned, empathy and credibility of, of going above and beyond and, and, per and personalizing it to you to make you feel like actually this person understands me and he understands how he might be able to help me rather than this feels like he's doing this to a hundred people a day. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one other thing as well, I think it's, it's key with building trust, whether this is from um, a new business perspective or an account management perspective is, is challenging your customers, not being afraid to do that. And people might think, oh, and you know, there are certain ways to do this. It's not necessarily something you do straight away. But for example, if you go to the GPs, I mean, everyone could probably relate to this. You're feeling ill, you're going into the doctors and you think, I need some antibiotics or I need X, Y, or Z. And you sit down and, and they give them to you. But if you sit down and the GPs like actually ask you some questions, it goes, okay, why, why do you feel like you need this? Or what's been happening? How long have you had a headache for? How do you feel? Yeah, actually, do you know what? Rather, you might feel like you need these, but this would be better for you. And here's why, because of what you said, X, Y, and Z. That person, you there, right there, you've, you feel trustworthy. You've, they've 
they've built that credibility. They've they've shown empathy by understanding you. And I think it's very easy in sales sometimes for us to our customers to come to us even when we're working with them and go, oh, I need X, and we go, yeah, okay, here you go. But it's like, okay, take a step back and question and challenge sometimes and go, do you know what? That might fix the short term, but long term, we're going to be having the same conversation in eighteen months. So here's a better solution for you. Excellent point. Completely agree. And what do you think from from building this trust are some of the the results that you'll see uh, from an impact of positivity within the business and within your role of sales? Well, I mean, if you have trust with your buyer, you've shortened your sales cycle because you've shortened the discovery process um, and the decision-making process. You've built an internal champion. You know, you've built a relationship for longevity to continue the conversation past the signing of the deal, um, which may or may not lead to referrals, which may or may not lead to incremental business. It really depends. But, you know, building that trust might do all of those things to get you closer to your quota and your goal. But you know what? When you build trust and you have a relationship with someone, you trust them, they trust you, it's a feel-good moment. Mm-hmm. And we don't get a lot of those in sales. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, we don't. No. And you're right. You're, you know, as I mentioned before about that human element, we can sometimes forget that. But it feels good. It's it's great to, like you say, have built that trust with, with a stranger to a point where you have that relationship with them, where you can challenge them and they're telling you about their their weekend and, and other aspects like that. That is a nice feeling. Yeah. I have to tell you something. The way you say, we say weekend and you say weekend, yep. yours sounds much better. <laughs> it sounds like a vacation or ours sounds just like another day in the week. I'm going to have to practice that. Just just listen to this bit over and over. There you go. That's what I'll do. <laughs> so what do you think um, from, from the flip side, people should look to avoid or, or common mistakes people make when they're trying to build trust and grow these relationships in the world of selling? Well, you have to want to. You know, not everyone wants to make the investment in building that relationship. And if, and you know what, there are different kinds of salespeople for different kinds of products. If you're like thrilled by the hunt, you just want to move and groove, go for the one called close, high volume, high transaction. There are a million sales jobs out there that are looking for exactly that type of person. But, you know, if you want to do something a little bit more, I won't say sophisticated necessarily, but something that involves a little bit more of an investment um, and you want to be a trusted advisor um, and you want to start to develop long-term relationships with your potential customers, you know, that's a different kind of seller. So you've got to figure out what floats your boat and then Mm. get that kind of sales job. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think on the first example there you mentioned and what I talked about earlier on as well, I think people need to avoid is just feeling like people need to like you. Because if you go into get into the mindset of oh, my customer just needs to like me, then you're always gonna they're gonna say jump and you're gonna say how high. And then, you know, there's a number of things that are gonna result from that, but probably what's probably not gonna happen is that you're gonna end, even if you have a long lasting relationship, your business will probably run a loss from it because they'll always be asking for discounts and other things. Or you're just going to 
appeal to what they need, but not actually give them any value so that when someone else comes along, they'll think, well, this person knows more than you. You just, you know, you just wine and dine me, but you don't actually give me any value or, or insight into how my business can evolve. Yep, I would agree. So what, what are some of the things then if people are listening to this thinking, I want to, to be, become more effective at building trust with my customers and, and growing those relationships? What are some of the things that they can start doing or uh, implementing within their role? Well, I think we, we let's circle back to where we started the conversation and talk about understanding your buyers, um, their role. You know, a lot of people sell to a CFO and don't really know what that means. Um, they might know what the acronym means, but they don't necessarily know how that person is measured or what they do on a day-to-day basis. So I think getting really immersed in the world of your buyer is, is definitely a must-have step. Um, industries, right? There's a, Everybody's industry has something different going on. So what's the hot topic right now in financial services? What's the hot topic in tech? Um, are there new laws or mandates coming out that are going to impact how people in those industries do business? Like completely understanding that will be a critical success factor for future sellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As, as you mentioned there around giving them insights regularly into, into their world, showing them you understand their world and their market. I think also as well to add to that is it's important to expand your network. It's very easy sometimes for us to get caught in the trap, particularly when we've, we've already worked with a business is we've got a contact there and we just stay speaking to that contact, but we don't actually look to, to grow um, our, our base within that business. And the danger is sometimes that that contact can then become an a even bigger decision maker when we might need to go beyond them, they become a blocker. Whereas if you're going to build trust with an organization, you need to be speaking to more than one person. So it's important to leverage that that fresh relationship and to be asking those questions of who else could I be speaking to in the business about this or who else needs to know about this? Or for example, if you get a conference call and you've got nine people on there and you've got their email addresses is to send them a thank you after the conference call just to start thinking about how can you start building those relationships and building that trust beyond that individual. Or better yet, send them a video recapping the conversation. Yes. Yeah. And I, really you know, personal. Point, actually, you've mentioned that a couple of times. and It's something I've seen you talk about quite regularly. And, and I'm a big advocate of this as well, actually, and of, of utilizing video. Um, what, what are some of the examples? And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's related to what we're talking about here, but. What are some of the things when you're saying uh, utilizing video other than recaps people can, can implement in their role? Yeah. So, I mean, I think a recap is a good one because everybody hates to do that. Everyone hates to sit down and write that long email that recaps everything. But if you're sort of just talking about it in a human way, it only takes a minute or two and it can make an impression. So definitely um, call recaps, I think, are great use of video. Um, I don't know about you, but I am not a perfect seller. And every, uh, every once in a while, more often than I'd like, I'll hang up the phone and I'll go, damn, I forgot to say this, or I forgot to mention that, or I forgot to tell this customer use case. So sending out a video that says, you know, sorry to bother you, but I just really want to communicate these two points. I forgot about them. Sorry, but you need the information. Here you go. Sending it out. Or 
you're negotiating a contract, you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And finally, you're at this one little sticking point and email's just not getting it done. So create a video, articulate your point, make your case, send it along. Um, there's so many ways you can do it. It just, you know, I think videos personalize, yes, and that's great. But I think more importantly, it's self-service. Like people will watch a video when they have a minute way more than they'll go look in their inbox for another email to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's something I've, um, I had a individual on my podcast every week, Daniel Disney, who's very big on social selling. And we were talking about uh, utilizing video and, and, you know, I've, I've used the example recently, for example, if you're a recruiter, I've seen, we, we take LinkedIn and even indirectly being able to sell to people. If you're a recruiter, why not sharing once a week of you talking about some interview tips for candidates to watch and to listen to? Because exactly. Every other recruiter on LinkedIn is just posting job adverts and, and, and all this me, me, me. But okay, what about the person you're actually serving? Give them something because that's the way you're going to stand out. And as you say, why not send that video out to them on a Friday, all the candidates that are going through and looking for roles at the moment, email them just with a video here's one tip of things to do with your interview here's one tip of how to find a position on linkedin or something that's just going to set you apart from the crowd great idea something else as well actually and, and speaking from experience here from when i was working in a um, key account manager role i i titled it plant the seed sell the plant and what i mean by this is that sometimes people aren't always in a position to say yes there and then and Sometimes as, as salespeople that, that can, we can get shut down and we may not even talk about the topic, but just thinking in, in every conversation you have, even if it's a new business, but particularly in account management role, can you plant the seed, plant an idea with someone and let it grow, let it fester over time, provide that insight over time so that when they're ready, it's kind of grown into this kind of plant that is already there for you to be able to sell to them. And that is a, that. a great way to build trust as well because you've not tried to sell them straight away you've planted an idea in their heads it might come up on conversations every now and then you mentioned oh last week actually you know what we talked about i was with x yesterday and i was going through that with them as well and then you know it might be four weeks it might be three or four months down the line you've got something there that they feel like they've co-created as well that is ready for them love it great so for for you then, Trish, in in your career, I'm just curious. What do you what do you consider to be your your biggest strength? What's contributed to your success? I think I'm a disciplined seller. So I get very careful about my calendar. It's easy when you're selling to bob along on a sea of activity and not be strategic with your time. So I think one of my biggest strengths is my discipline, my ability to say, yes, I have to do that, and that's urgent, but this is important, so I'm going to do this. Mm. And what would you think your, your customers would say is your biggest strength, other than that, maybe? I think they'd say my biggest strength is also my biggest weakness. I'm extremely direct. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I think, and it will have no filters. Yep. And sometimes that's a wonderful thing, and sometimes not so much. Well, I suppose it's aligned to what we're talking about today. 
if you've got that relationship there with someone, then you know they they'll take it the right way. And also, if people don't take it the right way, I've talked about this previously, and that they might not be the right kind of person that is going to work when you're not going to work well together if if they can't take that that feedback in a certain way. Completely agree. It's okay to understand you're not everyone's cup of tea, and I'm certainly mm-hmm. not. But the relationships I do have are incredibly strong. And I think because we have the ability to communicate with each other, no politics, no fluff, just let's figure this out and make it better. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of related to this. What do you think you've learned most about yourself in your career today? Oh, my. Oh, goodness. What have I learned? Hmm. I think I've learned to self-critique more in the past few months than ever before. Mm. Just just sometimes sit back and self-critique. It's a wonderful thing. It allows you to see areas for improvement that sometimes if you don't take that breath in that moment, you might not actualize. Mm-hmm. Was there any anything any particular uh, moment or or anything that happened that that made you come to that realization or starting to implement that more? Or was it something that just happened? Uh, something in particular happened, and I prefer not to talk about it. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> no. And you mentioned at the start of the the podcast around the um, sales development playbook. What was the yeah. what was the inspiration behind that? I'm always interested when I speak to people from who've written books or started podcasts yeah. or channels. What was the what was the inspiration from for it? So, you know, I can't say that I was an ins- inspired author, although I love my book. Um, I have a friend and mentor, a woman by the name of Jill Conrath, who I'm sure you know of, prolific, best-selling sales author, and she kept saying, "You got to write a book. You got to write a book. You got to write a book." I'm like, "No, I don't have time. I, no, no." She's like, "You own the space. Just own the space." And she kept <laughs> saying, "You own the space. Just own." So I wrote a book. Came out in January of 2016. Last I heard, and I don't track it to be honest with you. We were over 20,000 copies. Um, it's got over 200 reviews on Amazon. I think that's what I'm most proud of, that people care about the book enough to take a moment and go write a review. Yeah. And um, it was my one and done book. So I hope you all enjoy it. Great. Well, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people checking out after listening to this. Great. And um, not necessarily related to what we've been talking about today, Trish, but is there anything else that you would you'd like to share or suggest for listeners that's important to when it comes to the world of sales outside of this topic? I mean, I think there are some like always be learning is all I can say. There are some great books out there um, and there's more coming out every day uh, as the barriers to publishing have been lowered. There are some people who have written books that maybe never could have got a publishing deal and their books are amazing. So just always be learning. That's what sales is about. It's a craft and you have mm-hmm. to practice your craft. Absolutely. Well said. Yep. So for the, for the listeners that want to stay up to date and, and start following your world, Trish, and, and understanding more about not just the book, but what you do, where can they find yep. you online? 
So LinkedIn is the best place. I spend most of my time on LinkedIn nowadays. Um, occasionally, I tweet, and my uh, Twitter handle is Bridge Group Inc. But LinkedIn is is my channel of choice. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a lot of people's channel of choice these days. It's definitely still very underutilized, I believe. And that's a whole different topic right there. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much, Trish, today. It's been great getting your, your insights and your, your experience. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for the conversation. You're very welcome. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, not another sales guy underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast. And also, if you want to connect to me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.